Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're once again joined by property investor Ilsa Wolf, and we're specifically talking about, hey, we're all in lockdown. Don't know how long we're going to be here for, probably another couple of weeks, let's be honest. So what can we do now, specifically talking about a renovation strategy rather than a new build or a passive strategy, but on the reno side, what can we do now during lockdown to prepare ourselves for when we come out? And also, you know, you're running renovation strategies, helping investors do this. What are the main things you're telling people that they can do now to prepare for when we eventually finish this lockdown? It's a really tricky time. I think with all of us at home currently working from home, there is definitely increased competition. There are more people sitting at home looking for houses online. So competition is up in a very low stock market. So the best thing that investors can do at this stage is keep an eye on the market, take note and take stock of any changes with what's on the market. And I'll go into that in more detail, but where you can spot opportunity. But the biggest thing that you can do is educate yourself and prepare yourself that you can make the best, cleanest offers when the time comes that you can get out there and validate these purchases you think you want to make. Yeah, that actually takes me back a year ago. I remember sitting in lockdown, not knowing how long this was going to go on for or what even it meant. And our biggest tip for newbie property investors or even investors that had been investing with us for a while and wanted to expand their portfolio was to just educate yourself on everything, find out you know, where the deals were, do all your numbers, get yourself prepared, perhaps apply for a loan so that you've got pre-approval from the bank, particularly because they were slow at that time and they're slow again now because people are working from home. Do everything you can so that when you come out, you can snap up a deal. And I tell you what, those investors that snapped up a deal coming out of lockdown will be very happy one year on now. Yeah, and I think there are two things to anticipate because we've been through this before, right, Andrew? So the first lockdown about 18 months ago, we were all sitting here tight thinking, wow, is the property market going to go backwards? But in fact, we saw the complete opposite. And so, you know, there may be a bit of built up anticipation there. People looking for properties now anticipating that there'll be another value takeoff like there was last time, but also seasonally thinking about how the market changes around that spring time weather, September, right through to Labor Weekend at the end of October that traditionally the number of listings increases. So hopefully that means more opportunity for investors. So if you prepare yourself and put your best foot forward to be ready to buy, now's the time to do it. And I would certainly expect at the moment, Ilsa, that during this lockdown, we are going to see listings decline because nobody's actually able to sell their house. Nobody's listing their house right now. There may be people who engage in contracts, end up taking their house off the market because they don't want to sell it this time, or it actually goes under contract. And so that property has been purchased, comes off the market. So am I right in thinking that it will be quite difficult to go out on TradeMeHomes.co.nz now looking at properties because there are going to be fewer on the market right now listed? Yes, that will be the case. I think that's what will spark some opportunities for investors who are ready to buy because vendor situations will change or how they perceive the market will change. And so there may be some opportunity to look at listings changing, method of sale, perhaps. But certainly in the traditional way to look for properties, there'll be a high amount of competition on your trade me property, realestate.co.nz with more people than usual scouring very low listings. I think what is quite typical at the moment, you can call up an agent and inquire about a specific listing only to find out that it's already well under contract and due to go unconditional. So at this stage, the best thing you can do is really invest in yourself for when you can buy. 
Now, also, you've been telling me as well that there are some other creative things that you've been thinking about doing during during your lockdown walks. Talk to us about these. Yeah, there are a couple of other ideas that may be relevant to different pockets of listeners. One that I have traditionally liked to use myself, which I actually wouldn't currently advise now being in a COVID situation, but there's an adaptation for this, is that I often like to go for walks and spot suburbs where I know the numbers stack up, where I like to invest. I then would go and handwrite a note on lined paper, have it professionally printed or, you know, in these times of lockdown, can uh, print and colour at home to make it look like several hundred handwritten letters. And then I would typically go and pop those in the letterboxes. But I wouldn't advise that now, right in the middle of a COVID situation. However, I would definitely advise if the area is appropriate for you to walk around and start to spot opportunities where you think certain properties in the neighborhood may be a little dilapidated or in need of a bit of love and care. From this point, you can actually inquire through your solicitor. I believe there are also a couple of websites online, databases where you can go and find the owners of properties and approach them in that manner to see if they may be willing to go on market. So let me ask you this also, just before we get into the actual how to do it. So I'm walking along, da di da di da di da you know, walking my, if my imaginary dog is <laughs> So I see a house that's, well. Just a weird image to conjure up in my mind. So I'm walking along. <laughs> <laughs> my imaginary I've got a leash but no dog on it let's say and my question is this I see a house that's a bit run down is that good enough what else should I be looking for from the roadside to be like that person's getting a letter that person's not what are some of the signs people can look for the first sign can be whether it's online or in person can be the overall condition and that roadside appeal. Typically, this is a broad rush thinking, but typically you'll find that owner-occupied properties are generally in a better maintained condition than a lot of tenanted properties. And one hint at this can definitely be the state of the gardens, or should I say overgrown gardens or poorly mowed lawns or deferred maintenance on the exterior. Also a very weathered paint job can be a hint that there is a tenanted property there, may pose a potential opportunity where maybe a landlord may be relatively hands-off and you might be able to catch them at an opportune time where they may be considering to sell, especially in this COVID time. Well, that's interesting, Elsa, because if I go along and I'm specifically looking for properties that are probably tenanted, so we're looking at those poor paint jobs, overgrown gardens, these kinds of things, if I drop a letter in the letterbox, I am not going to get to the investor because the investor doesn't live there. So how do you get in touch with the investor in that situation? Oh, okay. I know the answer to that. So the way I used to do that, Ed, is I'd jump onto something like Property Guru or RPNZ. So those are usually paid subscriptions. You've got to either be a real estate agent or pay for that subscription or, or have a real estate agent friend that you can ask to look it up. And you can actually look up the owner's details for the property and then you might find that it's under a company name. So let's say you search it and it says it's McKnight Property Investments 2021 Limited and then you jump onto the company's office and you look up that and then it will have the individual name or if it was in a trust or the individual name you'll have that then you use this great thing called Facebook you enter in the details and reach out to them and actually I want to buy some land off one of my neighbours so I did exactly this I knew that the property was rented looked up the owner reached out to him on Facebook said hey do you happen to own this and so we started negotiations did you buy it? we're just early negotiations 
Oh, how good. And actually, Andrew, we talked ages ago about a specific company you're invested in, which tries to facilitate these sorts of off-market deals. Is that even live yet? I do believe the website's up at the moment, but I believe there's a couple of little tweaks there. But yeah, there is a business that I'm involved with. I don't think we'll talk about it today purely because I know that I was having a discussion around it yesterday, but we might actually get some of the other guys that are involved in that on the show and just talk about what it is that we're doing. But the longer the short of it, is the way this idea came up is because we were trying to buy properties off market and we thought, well, isn't it a pain that, you know, you've only got 8% of the properties on the market. So 92% of the properties aren't on the market. It's a real pain in the butt and you can't find them if you're just a regular Joe Public. So what we did was create a facility to open up a conversation between you and the owner of a property. Any property in New Zealand, you can put in the address, it'll give you a guide and then you can open the lines of communication. If people want to hear about that, you can text to 5522 and we'll get the other guys on the show. Definitely. And I'm just on the website now. Yes, we're not going to talk about it and send everybody there yet. Needs a few tweaks to go. So we've got down this big rabbit hole of walking down the street, trying to find opportunities in your local area. Issue behind that is that right now under a level four, you can only go around your local area. And where you live may not actually be, and again, we're only talking about renovations, focus investors here, but where you live may not be the best place to invest. And certainly where I live is not a place where I would want to be investing in for a whole heap of reasons. So what else could somebody do? Let's say if they're not going to be walking around, you know, make it seem like you're looking in your neighbour's garden. <laughs> so going back digital, there are a couple of little tricks that I like to deploy myself in times when there are preferably more listings than now. I would use on Trade Me Property the latest listing function, but scroll for the opposite effect. So go to the very oldest listings. And for those who have listened to a couple of my previous episodes, know that I really like to pick up motivated vendors and agents right there at the bottom of that latest listing list. A bit tricky to do right now because there are so many people looking at the same few listings that there really aren't too many expired listings. The other thing that you also could do, which I find quite handy, is to think about from a potential vendor's perspective, if you jump on homes.co.nz and find that there is a particular location where there are a high number of recent sales relative to the size of the suburb, it can really suggest that there may be peaked interest for other vendors within that area. So again, using Andrew's clever trick on how to contact the owners, it's a really good place to look to see where there has been a bit of a bubble of activity and may suggest that vendors in that particular zone may be interested to reap some of those sale prices themselves. Where you can run into problems with that strategy, though, is in areas like, let's say, Teatatu Peninsula right now in Auckland. Everyone there thinks that they're sitting on a gold mine, and so I know that developers are really struggling to pick up properties there without paying moonbeams for it, because everyone knows that Sally down the road got $2 million for her 500 square metre sections, and now that now they're wanting that same sort of level. So it's amazing how, because there's been a huge amount of interest in a particular area with rezoning, then all of a sudden everyone thinks they're sitting on a lotto ticket. One of the other interesting things we've done, and it turns out that it's not actually ended up being that useful, but I'm, I'm sure people <laughs> listening to the show will find this interesting, is we ended up building a website scraping tool. So we built a piece of software where it would go and look at Trade Me every day and it would scrape the entire country's Trade Me listings and it would comb through it looking for price changes and changes in the sale process. So Andrew's got a house at 25 Smith Street. He's listed it. 
oh, real estate agent hasn't done a very good job. And so the sale process has changed from deadline sale to price by negotiation. Then it changed again to an offer price. So offers above, say, 600K. Oh, didn't get enough offers. So he chucked it down to offers above 550K. And the idea being that if you could identify people who are changing their sale method or who are changing the price on the property, they would be more motivated to have a chit chat with you. Now, I actually had this built specifically for Ilsa because I thought, oh, Ilsa will love this. But it turns out Ilsa doesn't love this because Trade Me does it anyway. Just walk through what Trade Me actually does, because this is really interesting that people may not be aware of if they're not using this every day. That's right. There's a new function that I've noticed lately is very effective and could be of quite significant value for someone who finds that within their search criteria, there are some fringy listings which perhaps don't quite meet their price range, their budget or their criteria. But what I would say is flick that property into your watch list, because as long as you have your notifications turned on, for Treby property, it will now outbound send you notifications for when that listing in your watch list changes method of sale. So what I mean by that is where perhaps it was auction prior to lockdown, it has since been changed to price by negotiation or deadline sale, for example, you will receive that trigger, which may suggest or indicate to you that that vendor is concerned, they may not be able to sell now. And so they're changing method to become more appealing to suit our current times. Yes. So what I would suggest is if you are curious about a few properties, but you're not quite sure whether they meet your budget, do still add them to the watch list because they may become within your budget. What I would suggest is in this particular environment where we have such a low number of listings, there is something more proactive you can do to ready yourself. And off the back of that, ways that you could then put that knowledge into action. And so I think there are three other key things that you could do during this time of lockdown. The first thing is to Educate yourself on the planning rules for locations of interest where you perhaps are considering to buy. So there are three things I would say. First is to think about what you would do with that site. So thinking with a value add mind, whether it be a renovation or trying to extract future value, as we know the value of land is increasing as the government mandates you know, new builds as well as intensifying for lots of our major cities. I would encourage you to go to the local district council websites of the cities that you are considering to invest in and educating yourself, schooling up on the new planning rules. For many of the major cities across New Zealand at the moment, they are in a time of transition. So what I mean here is where in one instance, a particular suburb may have been previously on a certain zone. So parameters for you know building coverage, maximum site coverage, all these sorts of details may have had a particular set of rules previously, but now are in transition for a new set of planning rules, which are most likely going to intensify the ability to build on that land and therefore create a higher value for that piece of land. So practice using the GIS viewer, which is the tool where you can add different overlays to the geographical map for that city and understand in much better detail the district plan for that location, along with what the infrastructure investments are going to be from that council's perspective to understand what there may be in terms of future growth opportunity for that location. The second thing you can do is think about the who. We've talked about this before with the borough strategy, cash flow hacking being, okay, if you're going to add significant change and value and better condition to a specific property, you need to always be thinking who will be at the end of that renovation. Who will you be tenanting and what is the amenity that they want? So 
second step would be then to go to statistics.gov.nz and here as well as learning the planning rules for the area and what you can build or put in that area the second thing would be to find out who are the most likely people who are going to live there so all of that demographic information from stats nz is on the website you can play around with a humongous database i'm sure the data nerds like ed We'll have a lot of fun there finding out who's going to be living in a specific suburb in a specific city. And then the third thing that you can do is think about the how, how much rent. Go to the Tenancy Services website, understand what those lower, median, upper quartile rents are for that specific zone. Once you have an overlay of the value of a specific area, who could be living there, and then finding out how much rent and how much return you can get from that prospective area. You have all the ammunition you need to feel informed. And then what I would suggest is be proactive right now. Call up real estate agents for the listings that you are looking at. Even if you find that they are under contract, it's a really good opportunity to inquire and as to how likely the property is to go unconditional. Sometimes you can pick up the phone and find that the real estate agent is relatively uncomfortable, that due diligence hasn't gone to plan, they're expecting the deal to fall over. And they, they quite openly say that. Educate yourself with the information to find out what value is in that potential property. And then you can position yourself to go in with a relatively clean offer and take hold of that opportunity. Actually, one thing I'd note there as well is that it's really easy to give up on a property that's under offer. And then what people often might do is just say, okay, well, I'll wait to see if it comes back onto the market and then it might get extended a few times and then it might get confirmed. I'm really firm. If I want a property, I'll make sure that the agent take a contract from me and get a backup offer. And in my backup offer, I'll put in the contract that they can't give any extensions to the previous offer. That way, if you've got someone who maybe is struggling with finance and needs a few extra days, their contract automatically ends on the end date and my contract becomes live. And I've picked up deals like that before in the past. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to be diving back into the principles of finding high capital gain properties. So we've talked a lot on the show about different factors. Do they lead to high capital gain? We're going to summarize that all up and talk about the principles of finding high capital gains properties. It's going to be a banger. And hey, remember, we are looking for financial advisors to join the team, property partners. So if you want to come work with us here at Opus Partners and help Kiwis build wealth for their future, send us a text 5522. We'll text you back. We just send you a CV too. It'd be great to hear from you. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>